Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. I'm going to call this Splitsville, but I'm going to post it with a different title. Splitsville because everything between Tuesday and Wednesday was a split. Whoever won on Tuesday lost on Wednesday. Whoever won on Wednesday, well, you know, The Cubs and the Cardinals is a split. Iowa is a split. Tennessee is a split. South Bend is a split. Myrtle Beach is a split. I'm going to run it a little bit of a different order today because there were a number of games that really there's not a whole lot to get from it. There just really wasn't a whole lot to get from it. Um... Myrtle Beach lost 11 to nothing. I think I've said enough. There's not a lot to be learned there. They played a much better team. They lost 11 to nothing. They've split their last two games. South Bend, I mentioned in a podcast earlier. Um, so it goes, there's a little bit of stuff going on there. Um, Burl Caraway did very well. Um, but yeah, again, is a, uh, is a split rice ball, two walks, Iowa. I actually had a nap and woke up and it, the Iowa game was going into the second inning when I flipped it on. And as soon as I flipped it on, Iowa had a single to drive in a run, a double to drive in a run, and then a home run to drive in two. And they were up four to nothing. And they lost eight to four. It was Splitsville. The interesting game in the pipeline was Tennessee. Tennessee was playing at Rocket City in Alabama a very small ballpark with very short fences, which tends to lead to some offensive output. Brennan Davis struck out his first trip. His second trip, he muscled a home run to right center. Possibly a lot of parks that wouldn't have been a home run, especially as you move up the ladder. But I'm always good to see a hitter um, homer to right center field. If he is a developing hitter and he homers to right center field, that developing power is going to get um, larger as he develops. And that's a good thing. So uh, Brennan Davis homered his second time up. His third, his third at bat, I really think the ball vaporized. It, it went deep to left field, and it just wasn't there anymore. It, uh, for 10-106, something like that, it was over 400 feet, and it was legitimately over 100 miles per hour. So uh, Brennan Davis had two home runs, five RBIs. Rafael Morel, two home runs, four RBIs. 
Tennessee won 10 to 8. Um, Ethan Roberts, who belongs in Iowa, um, didn't get the save, but it was 12 to 8 when he came in the ninth inning. And it had been so darn crazy as far as offense the entire way that he got the run or that he got the inning done with with no drama. Fabulous. So basically, I've gone through the entire pipeline in five minutes because there's actually some stuff I want to talk about about, about the Cubs game. And pretty much both of them aren't going to get talked about a whole lot tomorrow. But I think they're salient points. I could be wrong. Game cruises along, cruises along, cruises along. I'm not going to question the usage of Kyle Hendricks or the bullpen or whatever. Um, the interesting thing starts in the top of the ninth inning. Nico Horner reached base. I was very happy. Nico Horner reached base. I wouldn't have so much minded how the game ended up. I was very happy Nico Horner reached base because then I could see what the Cubs' plan was for that pinch-hitting opportunity. That pinch-hitting opportunity went to Eric Sogard. In that instance, Eric Sogard was the pinch hitter. Eric Sogard was the pinch hitter. It wasn't Sergio Alcantara. It wasn't Chris Bryant. It was Eric Sogard. And he hit a game-tying double. It was Eric Sogard. Now, I don't know if you've heard the news, but Matt Duffy was at the game tonight. He can be activated from the 60-day disabled list tomorrow. Seems to me, if he's already there, he played some games in Iowa, took the day off today, is in St. Louis, sounds like he's good to go, sounds like he will be activated tomorrow. He will require a 60-man, he will require a 40-man roster spot. What are the Cubs going to do? Now, there's two different ways you can look at what are the Cubs going to do tomorrow for a roster spot. And Eric Sogard, as the pinch hitter, comes into play. A lot of people, rightly or wrongly, I don't want Eric Sogard on the team. That's fine. It's fine. I have no problem with that. Perfectly legitimate reasons for it. Not really all that great of a player, but he was the guy they chose to pinch hit against a right-handed pitcher in the ninth inning. That was the selection. Could have gone three other ways. They went with Eric Sogard. To me, I'm nobody. But to me, that says Eric Sogard's going to be on the roster tomorrow. 
Eric Sogard's not the guy that's going away. You can argue. You can make a claim. You can say, oh, man, he sucks. And he this and he that. And he... It's not going to be Eric Sogard. Because he pinch hit in the ninth inning. If they still consider Eric Sogard their primo pinch hitter, it's not going to be Eric Sogard. So who's it going to be? That is the dog chases tail thing about baseball that I love, love, love. The game is slow. The game is deliberate. The game is methodical. Today, you make decisions that will impact tomorrow. Tomorrow, you will make decisions that will impact the next day. Something that you do today may prevent you from doing something tomorrow. If the Cubs activate Matt Duffy tomorrow, no reason to believe they won't. Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Somebody has to be cleared off the 26-man roster. Now, in theory, they could put someone on the injured list. I doubt that will happen. I really doubt that will happen. I guess it could be a pitcher. That, you know, they, they could put Adam Morgan on the 10-day disabled list. I you know don't think that would be a huge concern. But still, there's the 40-man roster spot concern. They have to create a 26-man roster spot and a 40-man roster spot. They could do both in the same same move. They could have done the same in the both done both in the same move by designating Eric Sogard for assignment, but they're not going to do that. They showed that tonight. So what are they going to do? To me, the most logical thing, the most Logical thing. There are a number of teams that have tomorrow Thursday off. Tomorrow Thursday would be a fantastabula day to make a trade. Oh, are they going to trade? Are they going to trade Kimbrel? Or they d- d- doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter who they trade. Not a single darn bit. One person the Cubs did not use tonight in the game. There are a number of times where they could have, but they didn't. I'm pretty sure they didn't use him yesterday. And yesterday was another game where there were a number of different opportunities to do that. On Tuesday nor on Wednesday, did the Cubs use Dan Winkler out of the bullpen. I don't know if he warmed up. I don't know if he wore sandals to the bullpen like um, Craig Kimbrell will tomorrow. Kimbrell's not going to pitch tomorrow. Um, Dan Winkler to whoever in the league. Doesn't really matter. For a prospect. Clears a 26-man uh, roster spot. Clears a 40-man roster spot. That would be a very easy way to do it. If they weren't using... I'm going to roll that back a second. If the plan 
is to trade Dan Winkler on Wednesday night or Thursday. Either or. They could announce it tonight, probably announce it tomorrow. Or whatever it will be, they will probably announce it tomorrow. But if they were to trade, if the plan was we are going to trade Dan Winkler on Wednesday or Thursday, once we have something ironed out, he's around in case he's absolutely needed for a game. But yeah, really not. If the plan was we are going to trade Dan Winkler to create a roster spot for Matt Duffy, he would not have pitched on Tuesday. If the deal was possibly going to be made today, he would not have pitched today the trade is going to be made tomorrow. Now, but who would want that? There are a whole lot of teams that have really porous bullpens. I've previously been thinking the Mets for Winkler, but it sounds like the Mets are starting to, hey, I don't know, coalesce, eh, whatever. But um, wh- whichever team it is, really doesn't matter. And they could they could DFA. Adam Morgan. I don't think they want to, though. I think tomorrow there will be a trade. And if there's not a trade, they're going to do something that possibly it'll be a a multi-step thing. But at the end of it all, logically, it will make sense. It will make sense logically if you're thinking long-term. Not short term. Will Chris Bryant be in the lineup tomorrow? Maybe. Will Craig Kimbrell pitch in the game on th- No, not a chance. It was Splitsville. And Christopher Morrell and Brennan Davis were kings for a day. But the question is, what move would you make to create a 40-man roster spot and a 26-man roster spot, and why that move? Why that move of any other move? To me, the one that makes the most sense would be find some team that has a guy with an ERA of 6.5 in their bullpen, Send him Dan Winkler for pitcher and A-ball. Dan Winkler for pitcher and A-ball balances everything out. Keep the same guys, keep the same team. That, to me, would be the logical thing to do. They could do other things. DFAing Adam Morgan might make sense. But they do need to create a 26-man roster spot and a 40-man roster spot. And the fun part of baseball for me is, okay, you have an entire day, at least an entire night, to stay awake when you should be sleeping because you ought to be because you have to be at work in the morning. But all night you're gonna stay up thinking, hmm. Who are are they going to move off the 40? And who are they going to move off the 26? And why them? 
Why that person? It's not going to be Eric Sogard. He's their left-handed pinch hitter. Baseball is so fun because regardless which move it is, you have a couple of minutes to think about it. You have a couple of minutes to, okay, here's what's coming up. I was talking about how going into the 10th inning, Craig Kimbrell was batting, was due up sixth if it would get that far. And people were allowed to start thinking, well, if they've, if they've already scored two runs, then they'll let Kimbrell hit and et cetera, et cetera. It, baseball is fun because it plays out before your eyes and you get to think, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Why is that going to happen next? I would not have pinch hit Chirinos in the 10th for Jason Hayward. I wouldn't have brought in Craig Kimbrell to pitch in the 9th. I'm not going to say it was a dumb decision either one. I wouldn't have done them, though. I'd have, you know, just played it on through. But baseball is fun because there are so many decisions that you get to assess as time is going on. And as uh, Alex Cohen, the fantastic announcer for the Iowa Cubs, commented, hmm. Robinson Chirinos to second base. I would not have guessed that was going to happen tonight. Baseball develops. Every game develops. It grows like a plant. And as games go along, or as seasons go along, it's obvious something has to be done tomorrow. Or tonight could be done the next 15 minutes or it could have been done the last 15 minutes something has to be done tomorrow as a baseball fan there's a number of different ways you can look at any of those sorts of situations and there's a lot of them there's a lot of them from bullpen use to bunting or hitting and running and stealing bases and pinch hitting and lineup construction, all that kind of stuff. When something comes up and a decision has to be made, what decision would you make and why? Now that's the first what would you do? Why would you do it? Secondly, assess, is that what happened? Because if you are getting fairly good at assessing, wow, there's like nine straight coin flip plays. I, I, I'll call that a coin flip play. You can do this or you can do that. You can do this or you can do that. Either or, or maybe even there's five different things. So it's more like a you know card flip. But um, you get the coin flip play. If you get to a situation where, wow, there's been nine straight coin flip plays where I'm 50-50, and I've hit on eight of them, 
as far as doing what the manager, as far as what I say is what the manager did or what I say is what the executive did, then you're getting pretty close to what they're thinking. But if you're wildly missing, you know, there's a whole lot of people, oh, the Cubs' idea, uh, they ought to release Jason Hayward. Well, you can roll with that opinion, but you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. The Cubs are going to make a roster decision tomorrow. And I think for the sake of the people who... Baseball is a mind game. For the people who enjoy the mind game portion of baseball, what decision are the Cubs going to make tomorrow? What decision are they going to make tomorrow? Why are they going to make that decision? And are you correct? If you're correct, cool. If you're wrong, why were you wrong? Why did they do the other thing that you didn't do? There are logical reasons for stuff being done. Baseball is a very logical game. Very logical game if you want to look at it that way. So shoot me something on the Twitter machine. What is your roster move tomorrow? You have to clear a 60-man spot. A 40-man spot, I mean. You have to clear a 40-man spot because when Matt Duffy comes off the 60-day injured list, he requires a 40-man roster spot. So you activate Matt Duffy, who is cleared off the 40-man roster, who is cleared off the 26-man roster, and why that? As those sorts of decisions come up, assess yourself. How did you do? How close were you? How accurate were you? I have so many people who I have run into through the years. And I'm going to use a specific example. Back in, what was it, April, early May? Jack Peterson was playing poorly, coming off of an injury. People were, DFA, Jack Peterson, DFA this guy. This guy's a clown. DFA him. Get rid of him. Designate this guy for assignment. Cut him. Release him. Well, the Cubs didn't cut him. They didn't release him. They didn't designate him for assignment. They kept him. They hung on to him. And eventually they traded him for a 40-plus prospect. The people who were saying the Cubs ought to DFA Jack Peterson ought to assess their mindset. Why was it that the Cubs did not do that? How can I um, improve my logic, uh, logical facilities and you know faculties, not facilities, logical faculties, and think better along with what is probably likely to happen in reality? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? I could possibly see Adam Morgan getting designated for assignment or a trade. Those are the two things I see. I really don't see much of a middle ground. Now, Morgan getting DFA'd is not um, an ideal situation either because that would leave the bullpen one short. So, I, uh, Which would also be the case with Dan Winkler. If Dan Winkler or someone else, I say Dan Winkler, it could be someone else. It could be 
anyone that is being the, you know, it could be Kyle Davies tomorrow. I don't know. That might even be a good idea. But um, whoever the trade is or whoever the DFA is or whoever the assess internally for yourself, what is it you would do? It's not a thing that is, um, my brain can't comprehend that. It's not a question of um, which military strategy would have been best used in the, you know, pick a war. No, that's not necessary. As far as baseball, you ought to be able to assess. Should you pinch hit for this guy? Should you leave him in? Should you go to the bullpen? Should you leave in the other guy? Sometimes you'll be surprised. Sometimes you won't be. But um, as far as the roster move moves tomorrow, Matt Duffy's coming back. Matt Duffy's coming back tomorrow, and somebody's going to go. And as a baseball fan, I think it's probably a good mental exercise, if nothing else to assess who you think will go, why them, and afterward assess how well you did. Thanks for stopping by and listening. I guess I went on a little long. Um, be safe, be nice to others, and enjoy the roster move. <laughs>